0: You're listening to Shine On Policycast, Solar Power Europe's podcast that brings you EU solar policy updates in 10 minutes or less. I'm your host, Bethany Mabin, Head of Press and Policy Comms at Solar Power Europe, and this week I'm joined by Dries Akka, our Policy Director, uh, who you can find on Twitter at Dries Acke. Hi, Dries. Hello, Bethany. Welcome back to PolicyCast. Um, Since you last joined us, uh, we have uh, upgraded our mics a little bit. So uh, all the best to hear your uh, insights on today's topic. They look beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this week's topic is all about uh, the Net Zero Industry Act and uh, the state aid rule revisions uh, that came in the middle of March from the European Commission. Um, So maybe you can set the scene a little bit and explain what these announcements are. Sure,
1: yeah. So this is all part of the Green Deal industry plan. Uh, so I think uh, European leaders have uh, understood that uh, the Green Deal also comes with an uh, industrial uh, side, like what are the supply chains looking like of the all these clean energy technologies that we want to uh, use to base our economy and our prosperity on. So in that sense, it's uh, it's it's been great to see that this is a new agenda uh, that the Commission has embraced. And the first concrete deliverables of that agenda is, uh, as you say, uh, the state aid rules revision and then the Net Zero Industry Act, which is more about the regulatory environments around it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then within that regulatory environment, I mean, what sort of thing are, things are we looking at in this update, and this uh, legislative proposal?
1: Yeah, so the Net Zero Industry Act uh, comprises a couple of, of things. Um, it is certainly uh, good to see also ambition levels, first of all. So there's an ambition of the European Commission proposal to have at least 40% of the clean energy developments uh, in 2030 produced in Europe or strengthened supply chains in Europe. Uh, for the solar industry, that's translates to around 30 gigawatts by 2030 of deployed solar that should be produced uh, in Europe. Uh, so the ambition is good. That always gives um, an aspiration, uh, some kind of a target to work towards. Uh, and the commission is backing it up with a couple of regulatory improvements, uh, for example, on the permitting sites uh, So making solar factories uh, easier to permit quicker as well. Um, and also to work on what they call strategic projects, net zero strategic projects, to have a, a selection, a list of uh, projects that deserve even quicker permitting and quicker access to finance and all of that. So these are some of the examples of what is in the Net Zero Industry Act. Uh, The last important thing, and that's probably the the, the part of the Net Zero Industry Act that we look mostly at, uh, relates to non-price criteria. Uh, Non-price criteria that would be uh, applied in public procurements, including also auctions. So whenever a member states auctions a certain uh, technology, then that auction should include criteria that are not just about the best price winner uh, but also looks at other criteria like for example the environmental um, performance of that uh, of that product or uh, the innovation contribution that it gives the the level to which it can be integrated in the system so for example a solar plus a battery and all of that uh, but there's also one specific non-price criteria which relates to security of supply so to what extent does that <coughs> auction then contribute to a better resilience within that technology category.
0: So there we're kind of talking about the over-concentration of supply and trying to move away into more healthy supply chains.
1: That's correct, yeah, more diversification. Uh, And there's a number, the commission is putting forward the number of 65%, which means that technologies that win in auctions, um, that have an Dependency of more than 65% on one source of supply, and that is defined as a country, would be subject to additional non-price criteria uh, with respect to supply diversification and the need that it needs to contribute to having a more diversified supply chain in that technology. Um, It sounds technical, it is technical, uh, but the easy way to understand it is there's actually only two technologies that are currently covered by that sixty five percent and that is solar PV and batteries so it certainly applies to the solar PV supply chain
0: right so we get we get pulled out quite specifically then in the Nzia yeah, and yeah. then maybe on the other side from the uh, from Nzia into the subsidy rule revision um I mean what sort of support are we seeing there? I mean, what does that look like for us?
1: Yeah, and maybe just to pick up on what you said before, we are indeed singled out in the Net Zero Industry Act with this uh, non-price criteria, which is something we understand as well. Uh, it is undeniably the case that there is an, uh, an unhealthy dependence on one sort of supply, China, uh, in this case. Uh, so the objective to diversify solar supply chains is something that we fully embrace. Uh, of course, the, the, the footnote or the remark that we have is, uh, that's applying a policy that is only about punishing, let's say it's solar that that, that comes from that one sort of supply, is not by itself going to build solar factories and keep them competitive. So we need something extra. And that then relates to the finance and to some of the state aids rules. They are, of course, welcome. They look at uh, manufacturing for the first time. So there's been a step in that direction. But our assessment that it's, It's not enough and it certainly is not enough in light of the global competition we see uh, from China, but also from other countries uh, like the United States with strong uh, industrial policies, as you know, through the Inflation Reduction Act. So something needs to happen there to balance the stick that we get in the Net Zero Industry Act, but without the carrot that we need from the financing side.
0: Right, and what does that carrot look like then? Because look, we've got money to, we've got the permitting to speed up building the factories and potentially the support to build the factories, but it's by keeping the lights on in the factories? Well,
1: indeed. So the stated rules have given more options to member states to finance the upfront investment costs of factories, including solar. Um, But it is not looking at one of the critical pieces, if not the critical piece, of having a solar uh, factory to run sustainably. And these are operational costs, uh, especially related to energy costs. So for the moment, in this new stated rules, operational costs, OPEX, are excluded from national schemes, so will not be approved by the European Commission. And therefore, we say this is not going to cut it. Uh, We understand this is different from how stated rules have functioned before. But we are looking at a new agenda. This is the European industrial plan uh, that needs to match within a global diversification and a global race for supply chains and key technologies. So if we as Europeans want to have our part of that, we will have to think out of the box. So we hope to see some movement there.
0: And and maybe I'm getting a sense uh, already of the answer to the question. But I mean, these proposals come in the context of global competition, as you said, U.S. Inflation Reduction Act is kind of the, the the big topic there. I mean, does this does what's on the table right now from the EU? Does it does it allow us to compete? Well,
1: the answer to that is no, and I think we need to recognize that. Uh, we recognize the efforts from the European Commission, the the steps in the direction which are uh, new, um, uh, but I think the realization needs to trickle down even more that we're looking at an other type of challenge here uh, that needs to be appropriately supported. Um, so besides the the rules on the stay dates and um, the importance of being able to, to to cover operational expenditure. We also want to make sure that uh, solar is understood as a key technology, not only in our uh, clean energy transition. yeah I mean let's 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 be very clear about it. We're going to base the European economy on solar and wind. Mm-hmm. And of course other things as well but by and large solar and wind is what is going to uh, be driving the European prosperity and economic agenda uh, and if you then look at the dependency in the solar uh, supply chain that we have let's dedicate some time and attention to that that's why we're calling also for a dedicated financial instrument uh, for the solar pv supply chain
0: right uh, so because we have something similar for hydrogen already for batteries and for chips so it looked like a yeah solar fund. yeah,
1: solar fund, a solar bank. Uh, that's the idea. Um, basically, what we need is a system where you can uh, auction on a European level uh, to give off takers supports uh, to be able to actually, have this additional premium cost of European solar covered, yeah, so uh, that off-takers don't have to pay that by themselves, while at the same time also giving visibility on offtake to the suppliers. And that is so important in the first years of building this new industry, reshoring uh, the solar PV supply chain. It's that, that early visibility on offtake, security on offtake, while also giving the off-takers a perspective that there is a premium cost that can be subsidized.
0: Right, so, so it's just getting something in place that can kickstart it. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Um, The ambition is 30 gigawatts of solar PV across the supply chain by 2030. We're probably not asking for uh, uh, subsidies of that level, uh, but we need to kickstart it. And EU-wide tenders are a very compelling way of doing that because it also helps to keep the single market together uh, to make sure that there's no intra-EU competition and that you just match the cheapest supplier of European solar with with the highest off taker that is willing to pay a price and that minimizes then the subsidy that you need so the concept of the hydrogen bank can be actually transports to solar pv so Here's our plea for a solar <laughs> bank.
0: Yeah. So the the challenge on the table is significant, but the the solutions we can employ are also they're there. Um, they uh, we, we do
1: think a bit. We have to think a bit out of the box. That is, of course, part of it. It's innovative what we're suggesting, uh, but that's that is a realization that uh, is I still think trickling down. Uh, so uh, the Inflation Reduction Act has been a wake up call for Europe. You see, uh, it has triggered the the, the 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 political agenda on the industrial plan. Uh, but it has not yet fully arrived and landed, what it actually means to, to achieve those goals.
0: Okay, we know that we've got these new problems but we don't necessarily have the new solutions just, just yet. Yep. Um, so then what's the, what's the next step for for the NSEA, for subsidy rule revision? I mean, what does the rest of the year look like? Yeah, so when it comes
1: to the Net Zero Industry Act, this is like normal European legislation, so the Act was is a, is a regulation proposed by the Commission, so this is now in co-decision uh, meaning European Parliament will form an opinion, the Council will form an uh, it will take some time because it's new for everybody. That's also what we hear from the Council, from the European Parliament. Uh, but we, there is, of course, some uh, urgency uh, behind it. But I do think it's fair to say that this uh, piece of legislation, uh, it will take until the rest of the year, maybe even a little bit longer before it is uh, concluded. Uh, uh, when it comes to the stated rules, um, that is, of course, something that is exclusive commission competency. So there is no process or revision clause in uh, embedded in that this is just a matter of feeling the political need and urgency to change that Uh, the commission has uh, published a new uh, stated rules in march so you could say recently but we still hope that there is the flexibility uh, also based on the feedback that we're giving uh, to update that yet again and make it a proper response to the inflation reduction act
0: Right. So we maybe can have another update on this in, in the next next couple of months, maybe before summer.
1: <laughs> uh, are you saying
0: that we're probably still going to talk about this in the yes, future? Yes, I don't yes. think it's going away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I look forward to talking to you again on PolicyCast about uh, the European Green Deal industrial plan. Um, Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for your insights today, Trace. Thank you, Bethany. Thanks for listening to Shine On PolicyCast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share on social media, tagging at SolarPowerEU.